0: You're listening to the Limitless Life Podcast, episode number 23, and today I'm talking to the capacity creator, Melanie Sodka, so stay tuned. Are you feeling stuck in life or in business? Maybe you're not making the money that you know you should be making, or are you finding yourself in opposing patterns? One minute you're in high performance mode, and the next you feel totally drained and burnt out. If any of that sounds familiar, then this podcast is for you. I'm Brenda Johnson, and this is the Limitless Life Podcast, the place where I help entrepreneurs like you become high performers. After changing my own relationship to money and success so I could turn my passion into profit, I decided it was time to help others do the same. I am obsessed with the power of the subconscious mind and helping you tap into it so you can finally have the limitless life that you're supposed to have. Let's get started. So, if you don't know who Melanie is, she's the founder of Capacity Creator Corporation, an education and consulting company that transforms high achieving individuals from overcommitment and overwhelm to thriving in their current environments. As an award winning business professor and entrepreneur, as well as TEDx speaker, Melanie is also pursuing her dream of writing a book where she shares true stories and a suite of tools, including her very own Ego Cake framework, intended to guide people through the discovery of their personal capacity, and ultimately how to respect it. In this episode, we are talking about why multitasking is making us less intelligent, why making time is not the same as making capacity, And she's going to give you guys her famous Ego Cake framework so you can start to move out of overwhelm and into thriving. This is a really great episode, and I'm going to have all of her links in the show notes. And as usual, if you like what you're hearing, let me know, screenshot the episode, and tag me on Instagram. All right. So today I have with me Melanie Sadka, and I am super excited to have her. I actually met you in the spring, I think it was. You had come to speak at one of our mentorship uh, meetups and yeah, the stuff you were saying just kind of blew my mind. And so I really wanted to have you on here, not just for all the entrepreneurs that listen to this, but for the corporate people and for the parents, like, yeah, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So welcome, Melanie.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it, Brenda.
0: So, first of all, you just did a TEDx talk. How was that for you? That's amazing. Thanks. Yes, it was that. Uh, it was pretty amazing. It was one
1: of those talks that actually was probably one of the more difficult ones, and it was difficult because preparing for that talk has been so different than any other talk because you have to have your message. Really almost rehearsed which I hate doing I hate rehearsing because it feels somewhat unorganic But you have to really be on script and stay on time um, which I find difficult, but um, But yeah, it was one of the most rewarding at the same time
0: That's amazing and I'm gonna put a link because I know that the talk is actually on your website so I'm gonna link up to that but I just want to start by having you kind of explain to people, like how did you become the capacity creator? And then we're going to talk about what does making capacity mean? Sounds good.
1: Yeah. Capacity creator was born out of personal experiences. Um, Really at a point in time in my life where I was overcommitted and I was running on adrenaline and addicted to coffee and just trying to do everything and be everything. And really almost, it's like testing yourself, like how far or how much can I do before the universe either stops me or my body stops me. So you're almost playing like Russian roulette with yourself. And Um, I did. I got to a point where I just wasn't feeling well anymore. And I mentioned it in my TED talk to some of the symptoms. And I thought I need to resign. Like I got to say a big hell no to a lot of things or at least one big thing right now, or I'm going to collapse. And so that's really where capacity started. It started from
0: resignment. Mm, I love that. And the interesting thing to me too, is when I first heard that you were coming to speak to us, I thought that making capacity was about making time and you totally blew that out of the water. It's not what it has to do with it at all.
1: No, I, I mean, t- time isn't is part of capacity, right? But, what I really wanted to do with this, this business is I wanted to challenge people to think about time differently because we hear people so much saying, Oh, I don't have enough time or, Oh, I wish I had time. But when you say that you're truly not committed to it, like your soul isn't attached to the thing that you wish you could make time for, because you would have probably done something to do it already. And so when you separate time from capacity and capacity, being like the energy, the passion, The stuff that's attached to your values, that's a totally different game. That language shifts your entire perspective and your commitment tendencies when you start to think about creating capacity for the things you really, truly love and what you want to do. So that was, that's a bit of action, right? Like time. Yes, we make time for groceries. We make time for quick coffees. um, We make time for errands. Um, but we don't make, we shouldn't be making time for this type of thing. Like today I create a capacity for this. This is part of connection. This is part of my values. Like you're such a beautiful soul. And when you asked me to be on this, it was like a hell yes. And it was a no to something else. It was, you know, I, I'm saying no to other things to be here with you right now, because it's so important.
0: Yeah. And thank you for that, by the way. I think this message is so important because you also come from a corporate background, which is cool. That was when I first heard that, I was like, oh, okay. So that was another thing that we kind of had in common. And I remember being in corporate and watching people and I was guilty of it too. It was like, we never made, and you just said, we never made time for anything. And time almost became this excuse. And then When I became an entrepreneur, I watched all of these people doing the same thing, and I fell into it too. And I didn't even realize it until you came to talk to us. I was like, I'm (laughs) like, I had this rule that I wouldn't work on Sundays. That was my rule. And for some reason, Sundays started creeping in there. And when you talked to us, I was like, Oh man, this is. I'm not making capacity for my relationship. And so it really hit me, feels, I was like, wow. You have a really awesome um, structure. And I'm making a hand signal that nobody's gonna see, but if you can imagine, (laughs) she's gonna, she'll experience. I have my hand out in front of me. So if you were just to put your hand out with your finger straight and your palm facing your face, just do that while she talks about this because this really just blew my mind. Oh, thank you. No, it, it's
1: it's very kind. And this structure is uh, it's called ego cake because um, the ego piece is we make decisions and we make commitments based on our ego. Like that's really where a lot of that will come from. Um, and the cake part is because there's layers to this structure and typically a beautiful, amazing, delicious cake has multiple layers to it. So um, it just came together. And you know, really what this is, is as Brenda said, if if your listeners have their palms facing their chest, pinkies down, fingers nice and tight, we can go through each layer. And really the bottom layer uh, represents options. OK, so options in abundance leads to stagnation. Like when we have way too much going on, too many options, we're being sold to 24-7 we just get overwhelmed and we actually don't make any decisions. We actually just kind of just stagnate and almost kind of freeze or be, we're paralyzed, right? So we really gotta take into account what is it that's coming at us every single day? What is it that we're saying yes to? So really evaluating that. That's the first layer, that's your pinky. And your pinky's is only so long or so short. So you have to choose wisely, right? Love that. And then, this, do you want me to continue Brenda? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so the, and again, this whole structure is to really deconstruct. I use this with my clients and we go deep in the different layers, but again, to deconstruct your commitment habits and really your overindulgent tendencies. And speaking of overindulgent, the second layer, which is your ring finger, is all about distraction. And I have found this topic fascinating because there's so much research. In terms of what the hell we're doing with our time, right? Like, where are we really allocating our time and our energy? And, you know, what are we, what are we, you know, giving mercy to in terms of like what are we saying yes to to overindulge? So there's a lot of statistics around that, um, and I can share a couple with you too. So we are distracted every three minutes. Every three minutes, something steals our focus or tries to. And you know,
0: how much do we give into that? That's every gonna, three minutes. Like, that, that. that is cr- like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. Every three minutes, squirrel. Like, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting to in that too is that have you ever heard of um, the, like we have an attention span of a goldfish? No,
0: have you I heard haven't. that expression? No.
1: Okay, so there's this thing that's going around that's like, yeah, like humans now have the attention span of a goldfish, which in fact, we don't. Thank goodness, because that theory was like, you know, demystified quite quickly. It's actually we are more selective as to where we put our attention. So you might think that's a great thing, but we're selecting a lot of places, like almost too many places on where to put our attention, which is why we're so distracted. So we're just not being discerning enough in that area.
0: That's, yeah, that's interesting too. Would you say, because I work a lot with mindset, would you say creating capacity has is more of like a mindset thing? It is. And really what it comes down to, um,
1: and I've had to do a lot of like soul searching myself because when we're overcommitted, we've pretty much lost the ability to make decisions from our values. Like really quickly understanding what's important right now. Am I giving in just because it's the easiest thing to do? Am I giving in because I'm tired? Am I giving in because I'm a people pleaser? Right. Like we we the more we do that, the more decisions we make that way, the further away we get from our values. And that's just that's just the reality of, of where that is. So if I asked you quickly and in your audience, what are your top three values in life? You know, many people would struggle to answer that.
0: It's crazy. And I think we get them mixed up a lot of the time too. Like even, I'll tell you this story. So one of my values is health. And for the last couple of years, I haven't been taking care of my health and I wasn't making time to do the things that I wanted to do. And after I saw you speak at our thing, I actually made capacity in my schedule to be able to start taking Pilates because it's something I've wanted to do forever. But I kept looking at my schedule and going, Oh, I don't have time. I have clients. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I was like, no, like I'm making capacity for myself because this is important for me. Yes.
1: I love it. It is. It's. It's completely a mindset because it brings you back to what is the most important thing in your life, and health was, and you just weren't honoring it. So what happens? We let ourselves become distracted by other things, um, and say, "Okay, we'll make time for health later." And that comes back to saying, "I'll make time for it." No, you're not, because it's not a priority anymore. It's an excuse, like you beautifully said. Yeah. So will- distraction is is where we
0: wrap up. Yeah. It's crazy. So what's our middle finger?
1: I love it. So, you know, Brenda and your beautiful audience, feel free to stick up your middle finger because it is the middle layer. And this is what I call resignment. And it's the ability to say no in a more polite way, um, to the things that just aren't serving you anymore. Right. So you just, once you do that, you free up the space to say yes to the things that you want. And that's that's the second finger, right? That's Or the fourth layer, that's the pointer. And you can now point to all those things that you've become aware of in terms of, I have created space for health now because I've said no to something else. I have created space to go on date night with my spouse because I just said no to something else. So, you know, you, you progress to the top layer and finally you get to your thumb, which is the, the final top layer and it's called commitment. And now you have the energy, the capacity, the space to commit to those things. So not just say, yeah, I'll do it, but actually commit to doing it and going through with it. But with your thumb, thumbs up is yes, but you also have to say no to something, which is thumbs down. So this structure can be used anywhere, anytime, anyhow, all you need is your hand
0: and that's it. I just love that. And can you tell the story of how you came up with this. It was about your mom talking about um, you taking a bite out of all of the things.
1: I sure can. hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, this story came, yeah. So the whole name, like when I'm in deep reflection, I end up creating, which I love. So that's why I almost, it's kind of funny where I probably, I probably put myself into these situations so that it, you know, prompts me to start creating. But my mom said to me one day, she said, Mel, your life is like this decadent dessert table, like filled with mouth-watering sweets and cakes and all this great stuff. And I said, yeah, it is. Check it out, right? I look super proud. And then she said, well, you, my dear, have taken a bite out of every single one of them. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, I think I have. You're right, where are you going with this? And then she asked me the third question, which was the kicker. And it was, well, which one have you enjoyed the most? And I had no answer for her because I was like full and bloated and like, dare I say constipated from all of these opportunities and options and obligations that I signed up for. Right? So I realized right then and there that something had
0: to give and it went back and uh, Eagle Cake was born. Oh, I love that. And also because, and I, so especially in corporate land, we are groomed and trained and taught to multitask all the time. Like if you don't get good at multitasking, then something's wrong with you. And so when you said that at our mentorship group, I literally, I was just like, oh my gosh, Uh, if I'm focusing on everything, I'm focusing on nothing. so really that hit home to me as well it was insane isn't it
1: funny right because like
0: a lot of people
1: will pride themselves on being such good multitaskers like people will be like oh yeah i can do it all i get it done don't worry i can do three things at once well it's actually making you dumb and that's what research shows right like research says that multitasking is making us dumb uh i mean it's like operating on a sleepless night um, some of this other research, like all these great comparisons, which are on the TEDx top too, that I mentioned, it's like asking an eight-year-old to write that most important email. Like, would, would you do that? Is this what we're giving up, you know, in order to get more done when we're actually not? It's funny because I'm so aware. I just planned a surprise 40th birthday for my husband on the weekend. And I had like a band. I had fireworks. I had a cake. I had and I had all these things and it was a surprise, Right. And I realized like three years ago my I would have been doing everything at once and the party would have like failed miserably hundred percent guaranteed because I wouldn't have been able to execute everything. But because of the mindset that I've trained myself to do, it's like I really created um, like I just listed out the things that needed to be done. Right. Because then when I had people come over and think, what can I do? What can I help with? What can I, da, da, da? it was like, here's a list, pick something, go and execute. Mm. So this is a small trick. But it's just another way to start organizing yourself and really helping yourself not feel overwhelmed, overcommitted, and really not multitasking. It's just, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a flip, small Mm. things like that. Even just planning a birthday party. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so when it comes to entrepreneurs, and I mean, I've fallen into this trap as well. Do you find that they feel like they need to be doing all of the stuff? So they're doing the marketing and they're doing every, like they're doing everything. Do you find that that's a trap that they get caught in? And do you have any suggestions to get out of that, or tips?
1: I, I do. It's such a great question, Brenna, because I also teach entrepreneurship as a business professor. And one of my good friends um, actually taught me this, and I have used it and have like just blown it up in my classes. But if you think about entrepreneurialism, there are three pillars in our business, right? There's the administrative pillar, the operations pillar, and the marketing pillar. right? We went into this business because of the, opera, the operations part of it. It's what we do. It's our gift. It's what we sell. It's how we execute. But all the admin and all the marketing also needs to be done. And if you think about it in the beginning of our careers, I bet you like 10% was dedicated to the operations like to the things that we loved and we were working so hard on the marketing and the administration that we were like running ourselves into the ground so i always teach that we have to find a fine balance and so outsourcing which you know maybe a lot of your audience already knows this but like i really continue to encourage is like if you can find a couple things to outsource or a couple of things to automate there are so many cost-effective programs out there to help you keep your accounting in check you know to to get help with marketing you don't have to go and spend ten thousand dollars you know i made those mistakes (laughs) those very costly mistakes and i you know we hear this story all the time but you have to go through it to really understand that so if you can look at your business in three pillars figure out where to outsource figure out to do your best at you're already ahead of the game
0: yeah i love that too and i think and this isn't necessarily outsourcing, but, and maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think also recognizing when you need help and hiring like a business coach to help you structure things. So as you know, like I work with Joe and Sarah and they've, I I honestly, my business wouldn't be what it is today had I not learned how to structure the business and met people like you who have kind of made me open my eyes to things and look at things in a completely different way. So I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we need to get out of our own heads.
1: <laughs> I, I love that you mentioned that. And, and it's really understanding when you need help because there's different stages of needing help, right? There's stages of like, do I need help or am I procrastinating? So I'm going to sign up for this course and, you know, hold myself back and not really put myself out there. Or like, are you really like sinking and you need to, to get help? And I do a lot. I love Bringing on a coach to help you understand what to do what to focus on so you don't feel alone This is a lonely job, right? Like this is a really lonely job when you don't surround yourself with with people who are helpful 100%
0: Yeah, it's totally true The other thing I want to talk to you about and I have it sitting here So if people hear paper moving around we did this exercise when you were there and it was called the capacity matrix also blew my mind (laughs) So there's these four uh, four quadrants there's indulgent, maximized, fatigued and reserved. And I think this is on your website too that people can take this quiz. And they I would can, highly yes. recommend it. Yeah, I would highly recommend you guys do this because honestly <laughs> when we were filling this out, you had said okay, put the percentage that you think each thing is I was way off because i did the one online and it gave me the results and i was like okay that's really crazy so can we just talk about the four quadrants and kind of what they mean for people Oh, absolutely
1: yeah I, and again this was something that was born out of once i resigned uh from a big project because i was pretty much burnt out um, this was born um, because i realized you know, this is not a profile. This is not based on IQ. It's not based on left brain, right brain. Like this stuff is just, where are you? Like just become self-aware of, of where you're operating from because it's very cyclical and we get very comfortable and we have default modes. And I'm so used to being, uh, teaching uh, Myers-Briggs and emotional intelligence that I was like, damn it, I'm going to make my own thing and teach that because I've amassed so much knowledge, right? So that's kind of where this thing was born. Um, so there's four states of capacity and it is a matrix and it's really based on opportunity, which is the y-axis, so the vertical one. And then it's really based on capacity, which is the x-axis, which is the horizontal one. So when you find yourself in indulgent, This is like the addiction to the challenge. This is where we say yes a lot. And there are so many reasons why people say yes a lot. That's like, we can talk about that for hours, but people can start to self-recognize why it is they say yes. It's where we're addicted to the adrenaline. Uh, It's just where we are. We think we have no boundaries. You know, we're, we're, we're all in and we'll have endless energy. Well, we are human beings and uh, you know, Fatigue will set in. Burnout will set in if we don't take care of that. And that's the second state of capacity. This is just where we have like nothing left and we need a reboot, right? Like our capacity is depleted. Our energy is depleted. Like we just can't, we can't do anything. We're really not functioning. But the, the sad part is, but but the equally exciting part is like I can help people here because this is really a, a default mode. This these are habits that you can break. You know, people will operate out of here and you'll often hear friends or family members, where you know who they are. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh my God. I have so much to do. Oh my God. I, I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. Like you can do something about that. You don't need to operate like that if you're one of those people, right? That's my
0: favorite when so you ask. I think, somebody how they are and they're like, "Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so tired." I'm like, <laughs> I didn't "Ask about your schedule. I asked how you were doing, but okay." <laughs> right.
1: Right. It's just like it, it just it's it's where they're used to operating from and it's really it's it's unfortunate because once they once they realize it's exciting about it, is once they realize that they can change that. Um, then they're no longer operating that. And then they become a happier person, which then in, impacts everybody around them, which makes the world a happier place. And that may sound cheesy, but honestly, when I look at the world, there's room for some more happiness. And if I can be a small spoke in that wheel, then I'd love to do that. So yes. once people start to, <laughs> yeah, Brent is cheering in the background. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So once you start to realize that you can change, you, Again, and this is like, so the way I'm describing is almost like a pattern or a cycle, but this can go in any which way. I'm just going to explain it for the sake of ease of understanding kind of how you can cycle and how this could be a pattern. So once you emerge from this state of fatigue, you go into this reserved capacity, typically. And a couple things happen here, right? This is where you are like, okay, I've restored some of my bandwidth. I do not want to go back to fatigued. So I'm going to just stay here for a little bit and say no to everything because, you know, I don't want to go back there Um, and then start to kind of recharge slowly. Or this is also a place where people kind of come to for restorative activities or restorative um, to restore their energy, right? So this is kind of a spot we can come to temporarily. Now, the fourth state of capacity is maximized, and this is really a place where we want to be, op- like, we want to be operating from most of the time. Not 100%, because I think we go to burnout, but where we want, really want to spend most of our time in. And it's where we say yes with discernment, and we say no without guilt. It's where we are completely aligned with our values, where we know what's appropriate to say yes to, and where we know we have to say no to. And it's like you're in the zone, like you're aligned with the world, you're aligned with the universe, like you can just make these decisions with a a lot of ease. And I think this is, this whole structure is not to give something for people to do. Like, you know, we read these books and it's like, okay, go from like burnout to like high maximizing at the ends of 220 pages. I'm sorry, that's not what this is about. (laughs) This is like a precursor to high performance. This is about stop. Take a step back and like really understand day to day where you're operating from, make some changes and then add to your to-do list. That's what mm-hmm. this is about.
0: Yeah, I just loved this. And it was so funny because when I did the the little matrix like by hand, like trying to figure out where I was, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like 40% maximized for sure. And then when I did the online thing, <laughs> I, I was. I was indulgent a lot more, and I was like, oh, boo, <laughs> because you don't realize. So, I highly recommend that everybody listening to this actually does the quiz on the website, and it's going to be linked in the show notes. Because, like you said, high, this is the precursor to high performance. If you want to be a high performer, which most of you listening to this do, and that's not just high performance in work, but high performance in like life. This stuff is really important. And that's why it was so important for me to have you on here today. Because like I said, it the whole capacity thing, I'm so mindful now of things, even making time with friends and making time with my boyfriend and making time with family. Like, I make the capacity now. And I catch myself writing emails where I'm like, I have to make the time, nope, delete, delete, delete. I have to make capacity for that.
1: <laughs> I love it. I really so, do. I mean, once you start adopting that narrative, you're right, like you end up with second, like really having a second thought and giving that language to people, right? Like if somebody asks you to do something and just saying, I'm sorry, I don't have the capacity for that right now. There's like this mutual understanding in it. Like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, you're, you have a lot on your plate right now versus no, I can't, or no, I can't in this big drawn out email about your life that no one actually cares about that actually makes it worse. (laughs) Like, so simply put is so much better.
0: Yeah. And I love to, the way you explained it, like we make time for groceries and we make time for the things and not that groceries aren't important, but you know what I mean? We make, we make time for the things that aren't necessarily important. We make capacity the things that we care about especially people like that's pretty mind-blowing when you think Mm -hmm. about that it's crazy it is it It gets
1: complicated too right because oh yeah yeah i was just gonna say like it gets complicated too because then it's like thinking about when you create capacity for the people you love um you know you really start to think about okay i have so much capacity where do i spend it and who do i spend it with and it starts, you start to think about the people you hang around with differently too. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, there's there are people that bring us joy and there are people that don't bring us joy. And we actually feel worse after hanging around with them. So you start to really select a bit more carefully and you uh-huh. choose a bit more wisely.
0: Yeah, it's true. And just looking at things too, and the day that you had been talking to us, I remember just thinking, and you kind of told a story about in your presentation about a note that your daughter had left you, but it hit home with me because I think it was like a, the week before my boyfriend actually looked at me and he was like, You know, the whole reason for you to leave corporate and do your own thing was so that we would have more time together. And mm-hmm. I hadn't been making capacity for that, I had been putting everything else first. And so that just hit me. I was like, Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're right too, because when we do start saying no to things like that was a big no for you. And I think we share that when we stepped away from corporate or from anybody steps away from a pretty massive endeavor project job right away, you're going to see the tendency to fill it up with other things, right? Like what are those habits to be like, okay, I let it go. Awesome. I have all this time. I have all this capacity. What is it I'm going to say yes to? And I think if, if you know, we step back and your audience really you know can resonate with this when they have said no to something what did they go and fill it up with right away and what did that what joy did that bring them what did it actually add to their life and you'll start to see patterns you'll really start to see patterns like if this is about self-discipline too right there's like a total unsexy part of this whole formula where we get into self-discipline and we get into really you know being true to who we are and that stuff is hard And people don't want hard things right now because life is hard, but there's also like some really rewarding pieces to like the self-discipline and, um, you know, resisting temptation. As soon as we start practicing that, like there's something that changes inside. It's pretty cool.
0: I love that too. Like I just think every like a lot of things in life require practice. Like even what I do with people, I joke, hypnosis takes practice. Like and not me doing it. I'm talking about like you being in hypnosis takes practice. Meditation takes practice. Being mindful of your time takes practice. So I love that this is this is a practice just like anything else. It's not instant gratification.
1: That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Which we are so used to and it's like hard. It's not not like we're fighting it, but like it's hard to temper it, if you will.
0: Yeah. There was this other thing that you had us do. And I want everybody who's listening to do this. You had us pick up (laughs) our cell phones, but we weren't allowed to look at the, the app things. And then you had us put down our cell phones and we had to tell you what apps were there. You can explain it better than I can. So we'll get you to explain this cell phone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Um, So what I do in a lot of my keynotes and and workshops is I start to challenge people uh, in terms of, you know, after we talk about distraction and how, like I share with them stats and research and, and I do this exercise with people to really understand what it is that they are aware of um, and maybe what they're not aware of. So this exercise is all about looking at your phone, I'm uh, sorry turning your phone over so you're not looking at your phone so if you are at home right now or if you're walking whatever you're doing as you're listening to to Brenna's podcast turn your phone over or don't look at it and if you have a piece of paper great because if you do what you would do is you would actually write down in order all of the apps that appear on your home screen so as soon as you turn on your phone what would you see how many apps and what order would they be in and when I do this with people, even if you are you don't have a pad of paper, you can actually just try to envision what apps are, are on your phone. And what this starts to prove to people is that 95% of the participants will receive a score of 40% or less inaccuracy between uh, how many they did get right and how many they didn't. So it just goes to show that when you go and turn on your phone, half the apps on your homepage, you're not even aware they're there, but they're probably stealing your attention. They're probably distracting you from the very thing you went to your phone to do in
0: the first place. It was so funny because actually after we did that, I was like, oh, I don't even know what this app is. I got, I got rid of a bunch of them. <laughs> I was just like, I don't even know what, why are these yeah. even on here? I don't even know what's going on right now. And I think I can't remember if I heard it if it was during the day you spoke to us or when, it was on, when you were on Sarah's podcast. There was some statistic about we like swipe or do something on our phone over 2,000 times or something.
1: Hmm. So according to the University of California, California, Irvine, we swipe, scroll, tap, touch our phone over 3,000 times a day. It's like insane. And that's not even the heavy
0: users of cell phones
1: <laughs> or devices.
0: Like that is I can, yeah, <laughs> I would love to count one day, but it's true because we pick it up just to like check the time. But then we end up getting sucked into the vortex of Instagram or sucked into the vortex of whatever. I actually took email off my phone a long time ago because I found it very distracting. Right, so if, if people email me, yes. you wait till I'm at my laptop. Sorry <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, there's so much goodness in this episode that I think people are just going to learn so much from it and also just take so much away about like how they're doing things in their everyday life, and I think it's important to be mindful of how we do things in our everyday life, so I love this I have yes, I have like. Yeah, I just there's so much stuff that we could talk about, but I want to be mindful of time. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with, like any tips or how can they find you? How do they work with you? Anything else you want to leave them with?
1: Sure. Yeah, I you know I think what's what's beautiful about this too is that like if we just go back to the cell phone for a second, you know, starting to be mindful of the usage, like it is in our hands all of the time because we are addicted to notifications. We are addicted to like, when is the person going to respond? Am I going to get an email from a new client? Am I going to get something back that I'm waiting for? You know, so the, the cell phone is, is not far away from us and it's always available. And it's, it's really the notification. Like it's actually, I talk about this too. And CBC had such a great segment on the science of this, but like the the addiction to the notifications is actually deteriorating our bodies, and the reason that's happening is because when we are when we are anticipating or we're, we experience disappointment um, of these notifications, like not receiving something we're waiting for, our body produces like these this, this excess cortisol and stress hormone that actually starts to deplete our cells. And I heard this on the radio and I was like, it blew me away. Cause I was like, it's so, it's so true. And so just being mindful of where that cell phone is at all times, even if you're watching TV and the cell phone's in your hand and you're with somebody else and you're watching TV or you're watching a movie, you're, you're really not present with that person. Um, so I really, that's one thing that my husband and I have been very aware of is like, let's just put the cell phones down. Well, even if we're just watching TV together or even with the kids, Because that cell phone takes precedent over my husband. And that's not, that's not cool. That's not, that's not, that's not what I want.
0: Yeah, that's so important. And that was one of the other things too that came up with my boyfriend is he was like, you are always on your phone. You're addicted to your phone. So now when we're spending time together, my phone is nowhere near me because he was right. I was constantly on my phone. And you know what my excuse was? I'm trying to run a business. Oh, so now my business is more important than my relationship. Come on now so bad (laughs) ah
1: yeah and it's basically saying i'm trying to run my business but i actually can't this is me too brandon so i'm speaking on behalf of myself but i'm trying to run my business and i suck at time management and i'm actually going to give in to everything and anything at any given time because i i clearly have no self-discipline that's really what that is
0: Yeah, absolutely is. And the thing about the cells deteriorating too, and anybody out there, all you trainers who work with people who are trying to lose weight. I mean, I've dealt with weight issues forever. That's crazy. (laughs) Like it raises cortisol. Cortisol is our stress hormone that makes us put on weight. So, Hey, that could be a whole new thing. Five easy ways to lose weight. Put your phone down. It's true. We we could totally do a side. hey, we should co-write a piece on that together. I know. I'm just thinking about that. that. Ooh, yeah, we'll, we'll we should we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, one of the things that I collaboration is happening. Absolutely. One of the things that I ask everybody who's on this podcast is what does having a limitless life mean to you?
1: Ooh. Love love that question. Oh my gosh, you know, limitless life is for me and I've been exploring this in the last like year is the ability to dream big and to be aware of all of the things that pop up that stop me from dreaming big, all of the narrative, all of the preconceived notions, all of the things I thought I needed to do and to be um and just letting go of that and allowing myself to dream big so that I can explore my potential that I can help as many people as I possibly can in a healthy way and being happy is that's really what limitless is is means to me right now
0: I love that I just actually have goosebumps because of that the whole dreaming big love it uh, what's going on with you right now? Is there anything aside from being a TED talk person? Do you have any programs coming up that you want people to know about? Is there anything cool you're working on that you want people to know about?
1: Yeah, no, I'm so glad you asked me this too, because, um,
0: 21 days of capacity building
1: will be launching and that'll be launching July 10th which is a couple of days away now, or actually it's tomorrow. So July 10th, so tomorrow, 21 Days of Capacity Building will be launching and it's going to be available on Instagram and Facebook. So every day I'm going to be sharing a different way to build capacity. And there will be a common theme around resignment. Um, again, because I don't want to give, things they don't want to give things people things to do I want people to understand what it is they need to to resign from whether that's a mindset whether that's you know something that's really taking them away so that's coming up and that's starting tomorrow and that's free and it's just to help get people understand what capacity is all about Mm. Um, and then I'm going to have a course available too so that's going to be launched at the end of August and it's going to be a five episode course on capacity so that'll be available on the website and i'll do some promo for that um, the other thing that's really really cool is that i was actually asked to speak at the dovetail community um, and it's an entrepreneur group uh, for women specifically and it is led by alexis dean and um, in so september 20th to the 22nd we are going up to algonquin And it's a whole weekend of workshops and really intensive, um, business, business development, but also a lot of fun and self-development. And she's been doing this, uh, for a couple of years now. So it's called dovetail base camp and yeah, I'll be there speaking with Kelsey Ramsden and a lot of other, um, talented women and working with entrepreneurs that are growing their businesses and scaling their businesses. So that's coming up and I have info on tickets. I have discount on tickets as well. So if anybody's Mm -hmm. interested, they can reach out to me.
0: Amazing, I'm gonna have all of the info in the show notes. I'll have your website, I'm gonna link to your Instagram um, and the Facebook, I'll put like everything in there. And I'm assuming from your Mm -hmm. website, you can also find you everywhere. I just want to thank you again for making capacity to have this conversation because I think it's so important for people. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, Brenda. Thank you very much for having me on here. I think, you know, there's, there's so many uh, intersections that we have with what we do and
0: how we're trying to serve our audience in the world. So thank you so, so much for that. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have no idea how much I love and appreciate you for taking time to listen because shows like this are not possible without people like you. You can find me over on Instagram at underscore Brenda Johnson. Tag me to post and let me know what your favorite episode has been. And if there's something that you want to hear, let me know. Shoot me a DM and I'm always going to get back to you. I want this podcast to help as many people as possible. So please take a moment if you can to leave me an honest comment and review so I know what you think of the show. And if you could, help me spread the love by hitting that share button.